It's Tepo Waffle Time! Welcome to Tepo Waffle, where we waffle about Tepo. With Troy and Steve. Right, today we're going to waffle about meta language. Yeah, so let's start with actually defining what meta language is. Um, I understand it to be utilizing words in the classroom about language, in like words like past perfect tense. Yeah. Okay, so meta language, uh, it could be kind of argued that it's nothing to do with English teaching. It's actually linguistics. Yeah, if you're teaching language, if you're teaching conversation, um, these are not words that the students are going to use outside of the classroom. They're they're specifically classroom-based words. Okay, so rather than teaching English, you're teaching about English. So I'm going to teach you what a verb is and this word is verb and you teach the word verb and I know that's a very basic piece of meta language verb and it might be something that everyone thinks yeah I know what a verb is but of course just the word verb can get very complicated yeah in, in actual fact I'm not sure that everybody does know what a verb is a lot of um, native speakers think they know well yes and, and would have problems identifying them and uh, in the languages that I've learned, I've never, I've never bothered to learn the local version of what a verb or a noun is. I um, actually don't know how to say verb or noun in any language I've ever studied. Yeah. Um, okay. the, the reason why this is interesting, there's a couple of different parts. One of them is that uh, language students tend to know what these things are, even though the native speakers of that language don't know what they are. Which kind of argues into the whole, are they learning redundant things? I have a story about this, actually. <laughs> when I was in Singapore, I was teaching in a school with students from Japan. And um, I had prepared a lesson on kitchen utensils. I, I can't remember what it was. And uh, I was going through the lesson and everything was going fine. And, and a sentence came up and one of the Japanese students said to me, is that a subjunctive? And I actually didn't know what a subjunctive was I'm actually not sure what a subjunctive is now, but anyway, um, and I I didn't really know how to handle it, and I asked her what is a subjunctive, and she started explaining. Now her English was not very good; she she was really struggling with the kitchen utensils lesson, but um, she gave me a grammar lesson. She gave me a lesson in in English, in her Japanese broken English about subjunctives, and she could do it much better than she could talk about the weather or whatever it was that we were studying at the time. It was actually quite interesting to see how confident she was when she was talking about grammar. <laughs> okay, uh, take a note of that because I want to come back to that because okay. there is, uh, yeah, maybe there's a, a positive aspect to that. Mm. All right, I have a, a story as well. Uh, I'm, I won't tell the story about the time when the, I just started teaching the students said, is that an auxiliary? And I went, um... Yes, and moved right along and ignored <laughs> the student who then just stopped asking questions. Mm. Actually, no, that student kept asking lots of questions. Um, no, uh, I was with a, a teacher, reasonably new teacher, but a, quite a good teacher, and a teacher who does care about his students. He, he's not really arrogant or anything. And we were on a break, and he was teaching one class, I was teaching another. And he said to me, I asked the students for a verb, and they didn't know what a verb was, and, and he was shocked and it's like I can't believe that how can they not know what a verb is at their level they're adult students they've been studying for years etc 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 and I said to him 
I, I personally don't really use meta language like that in class. Uh, try asking them for an action instead of for a verb. And he went, okay. And then came back on the next break and went, yeah, they know what actions are. And I suppose that would work with a native English speaker as well. Yeah. Instead of asking them for a verb, if you said to them, well, give me something I can do, give me an action, that kind of makes a lot more sense. Now, the thing about meta-language, the students seem to know quite a lot of it. And what I've noticed is new teachers, teachers who have just entered the field, are very eager to use it. They yeah. love they love throwing uh, meta language around the classroom, um, and then get they trip themselves up because they don't know it as well as they should. They don't know the difference between a verb and a gerund or, or something like that. Yeah. And the students know it better than them, and then they get into a lot of trouble. Um, so, what is your opinion about utilizing? Do you ban it from your? You you don't use it at all. Uh, I'm actually a bit of a hypocrite. My rule is I ban it. No meta language at all. Now, that's especially true for things that get quite complicated. Like, this is a modal auxiliary verb of probability. You know, that's that's just jargon. Mm. It makes me sound knowledgeable, but I don't want to have to stop and teach a lesson on, so what does... Auxil- what's auxiliary and what's modal and what's probability actually I might teach the word probability if I'm doing a lesson on modal auxiliary verbs of probability uh, but then of course I have that written on the top of my lesson plan so the students will be able to use modal auxiliary verbs of probability um, to talk about how sure they are about their weekend plans so I'm, I'm using it myself but myself. you're using it to guide yourself. You're not actually using it in your con- in your communication with the students. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and as a general rule, I think you should try to avoid jargon. Just if it's really technical and specific to a field, then use it amongst the people in that field. And so, talking to another teacher, I might say that. Uh, but even that can sound a bit pretentious. But is that one of the reasons why it's used then? Is to to increase the power and pretend well to as a pretentious way of increasing the power of the teacher in the classroom i know stuff i'm i can say stuff look perhaps yeah and i suppose when it comes to grammar and especially with new teachers it's something that you can go away and study and then no and then no even though what you're actually doing is instead of teaching the students you're teaching the students what you read about this week you're regurgitating something from that website and that book and et cetera, et cetera. You're not really teaching them. You're, you're showing off what you studied recently. So instead of using meta-language in the classroom, what, what should we be doing instead? Action. Give me an action. What, what could you do with a football? Do you eat a football? And you get the students to go, no, you kick it. You can throw it. You can hold it. You can bounce it. You can, and focus on it that way. Okay, but having said all of that, right, this week I was doing a a quick revision in class and it was on language that I didn't really have time to teach them. I was teaching only a a conversational conversational lessons at 20 hours and only 20 hours, but the students definitely needed some grammar and I didn't have any time to teach them that grammar. So we did a quick one-hour revision of a couple of tenses. And I started off with, okay, so all the sentences, it was a game, we were playing a game. 
everyone stood up in the class and they had to make a statement and the statement had to be something that was always true or a piece of personal information. Now, by default, that's present simple. You say, I have a car, uh, I am a teacher. That's present simple. But what I actually wrote on the whiteboard was, uh, sit down if you, and then I put a big blank and I just wrote the word present simple because it was my way of cheating. I know that all the students know what present simple is, even though a native English speaker wouldn't know what present simple means. I know they know it. It's a nice shortcut. Now, I said, I wrote that on the whiteboard, but under it, on the whiteboard, it said, uh, it must be statements that are repeated over and over again. They still happen now, or they're always true, or they're personal information. And these are your three options. But I still use the term present simple. But did it work? I mean, that's the question. It worked. It worked. And I repeated with the same thing, so present perfect, past is, simple. Is the answer here then to to have a, a, a blanket ban, but then use it, use meta language uh, when you are confident that the students already know it or have been exposed to it before? Yeah, I think so. That I have a blanket ban. Do not use any meta language at all. And yet when I have advanced classes and the students ask, I, I do sometimes say, uh, yeah, those are... The, is teacher, well, what sort of verb is it? And I say, it's it's like the other ones that we learned, like must and should and may and might and could, and all of these ones, they're, they're modals. Those are the ones where you can't say, uh, I must to go, or I must going. It's always just the verb, just the bare verb. All right, my my rule for myself is I don't use it, and except if a student asks uh, a question like, Is that a modal? No. Well, the questions I usually get is, what's the rule? Okay. Um, why, why, can't, why is there no S at the end of this? And then I'll say, well, you can't use an S after a modal verb. Yeah. And normally that's when I will stick in a bit of... Um, that's Jargon. when I'll use it because it's, it's a simple answer and it's to an individual student, not to a class. And, and they've asked. And um, whether or not that's effective or not, uh, or not I don't know. But that answer seems to answer the question fairly well. But when I'm doing a presentation at the beginning of the class or when I'm teaching a new piece of language, because I, I take an inductive approach, I try not to use, any I try other. to contextualize it yeah. and then not use any uh, meta language. Do you often have, though, towards the end of your presentation, when you've got all your language on the whiteboard, you've highlighted all the meanings of it, all the, the rules for use and, and which sort of verbs you can use and all of that, you have a student at the end go, so is this future perfect? Yeah. And that's fine. And if it comes from the students, I think um, that's a nice way of me, of, of for me to get a check of how the students understand it. That means they're drawing links between the, what I'm teaching them and their previously taught uh, knowledge. And um, yeah, and and I think that that's a good sign. And I'll answer it. I'll answer that. And if so, if if the meta language is is generated from the students, that's great. I'm okay. happy with that. Mm. All right. Can we go back to your Japanese student? We can. All right. That student gave you a lesson on the subjunctive. Yeah, she taught me what the subjunctive was. Okay. <laughs> Now, there's two very interesting things happening with that student. Yeah. One of them is her study of the language has promoted a, a piece of real classroom communication. And that's almost an oxymoron to say real and classroom with communication. There's real communication and there's classroom. There's not that much real classroom communication. That promoted very real classroom communication. She had knowledge 
that she was sharing with you and you didn't have that knowledge. Mm. That's, I mean, that's kind of the goal of language teaching. Yeah, and it was very good for her because it, it, it validated her knowledge. Um, obviously, it, it indicated to her that I was a, a green and inexperienced teacher that, that wasn't very good. Um, and I think maybe she lost a bit of respect for me at, at, at that point. But um, I learned something. Uh, and it was actually really interesting. I, I didn't learn it very well because I'm still actually not sure what a subjunctive <laughs> is. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone really is. Okay, the other thing that happened. When we are learning something, uh, it can be anything. You might be learning to play the guitar. Yeah. And when you're learning to play the guitar, I should have picked an analogy that I actually know something about. You end up learning things like... Uh, why uh, this particular guitar, the sound resonates in a certain way and and how the the hollowness of the wood changes the sound. You're talking and, about idiosyncratic um, peripheral learning. Yeah. Not you don't need to know that this shape has a different sound than this shape to learn to play the guitar. Oh, okay. But you end up learning that stuff because you're interested in the thing you're learning. So... Good students tend to do that. All the best students I have end up learning not just the language, but a lot about it. And I shouldn't say all, but a lot of the very studious students I have. But 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 there's an additional element here in that a lot of the non-native speakers that the students come across in Asia anyway um, will focus very heavily on language on on grammar and very use a, yeah use a lot of meta language because that's their way of of transferring their knowledge about the language, especially if they can't speak the language very well. I've, I've noticed that um, non-native teachers over here um, really spend a lot of time, and maybe that's a hangover from the grammar translation method because they do speak in the student's L1 a lot. Yeah. And so the meta-language is taught, and and that, that filters into our lessons where we don't do it, but they bring that knowledge with them. But surely if the student is studying English... Being interested in English helps them be a better student. So the student who goes away and learns what the subjunctive is, not the teacher, the student, the student who's obsessed and wants to know, what are the seven exceptions in English where two can be followed by... But does that, does that mean gerund? that... Yeah, but does that mean that I'm a, a, a really crap Cambodian student because I couldn't have been bothered to learn what a I, verb or a noun is? <laughs> I don't know. That's why I wanted to come back to this Japanese student is... I can't deny that the things that I studied that I get really into, I end up with a lot of peripheral knowledge that it doesn't matter. Nobody needs to know it, but I end up with that knowledge anyway because, of, look, people who really like their car and polish their car and it's nice and shiny and clean, and a lot of those people can tell you why this engine is different from the the model that came the year after it and the model that came the year before. And this analogy works, though. Um, I, a lot of people can tell you why this model is better than that model, but in any case, if you want to drive the car, knowing all that stuff means nothing. You still have to just drive the car and, and learn how to drive it well. And maybe if we keep that analogy for language learning, meta-language is a useless peripheral piece of knowledge, which is interesting and maybe an indication of your dedication towards the language learning process but you still just have to drive the car um, and, sure. and in a language classroom where, we where we're teaching communication um, meta language just gets in the way I think so, I think it does but I still think that uh, 
that guy has a shinier, cleaner car than I do. <laughs> Tefal Waffle is proudly brought to you by the non-stop buffalers Troy and Steve. For any questions, comments, complaints, or queries, you can email tefalwaffle at gmail.com or visit www.tefalwaffle.com.